0: Hey, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm super excited. I'm pumped up for this one. This is a great episode today. Today, I'm joined by Ashley Martin, and today we're discussing pet peeves at the gym, giving advice for people starting on their health and fitness journey and kind of reflecting on our own health and fitness journeys, including things like when we felt intimidated at the gym or when we felt uncertain about our workouts and unsure how to kind of proceed forward along our fitness journey along our path. And we try and package up all that advice into easy, actionable takeaways for all of you. Ashley, a little bit about her. She's a 22 year old fitness professional. Who's always had a passion for fitness since she was 16 years old. She fell in love with fitness after her mom passed away, and Ashley has only gotten more involved with fitness over time. She's now certified as a personal trainer through the NFPT and works both in person and online to coach others in the sport and is planning on getting additional certifications over this summer. For more on Ashley, you can check her out on TikTok and Instagram at ashmartin 12 And you can also find her on Facebook. You can check out the link to that in the description below. Before we get to this episode, here's a quick word from some of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by CTM Band and CTM Recovery Products. These are the exact soft tissue recovery tools that I'm using on myself and with my patients day in and day out. CTM Band was founded by Dr. Kyle Bowling, a sports medicine practitioner who treats professional athletes... And he was a former guest on the Braun Body Health and Fitness podcast. You can check out his website at the link below and use the coupon code Braun10 to save 10% off your order from CTM Band. Ashley, welcome to the show. Really excited to have you on today. For people who aren't familiar with you and your journey with fitness, could you kind of fill us in a little bit?
1: Yeah. So like you said, my name is Ashley. I'm 22 years old. And um, I've been into fitness since I was around like 16. I got into it because my ex-boyfriend at the time actually showed me how to lift. And the first time we went in, I laughed the entire time and felt like stupid. And he was like, we're never doing this again. And for some reason, like after he went to college and so I was like, after soccer ended because I've always was doing sports, I was like, I need something. So I decided that I was gonna try lifting again. And basically just like, I did it all on my own. And he helped me, of course he was in college when so and he was home, but I just genuinely fell in love with it. And then in college about a year, a little over a year ago was when I decided that I actually wanted to like turned into a career essentially.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So you grew up playing sports, you mentioned soccer and different things like Mm -hmm. that. And that passion for exercising and being active turned into a passion for fitness.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And shout out to your ex boyfriend who may or may not have influenced that, huh?
1: He did, but I like to believe that if I never, if he never introduced it to me, I would have found it on my own just a little bit later. That's how I look at it because it was like, it's true love. Like me and lifting is true love. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you and him were not.
1: (laughs) I guess not. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes to your fitness journey, uh, was there ever a time that you were like fearful or intimidated by the gym or what kept you out of the gym in the first place? Do you feel?
1: Well, when I was younger, there was always this. So when I I played soccer, basketball and track and for basketball was when we actually like spent time lifting and I always liked it. Like I always would go in and I would like really enjoy it. And then my dad had a downstairs gym and I would every once in a while, I would go in there and like do a bench press and then like whatever lifting workouts I could do. But I never was on like a schedule with it. And every time I walked in, I didn't really, really know what I was doing. And of course, like I said, when I first went with my ex, he was trying to have me do things and I just laughed and felt like an idiot the entire time. And he literally was like, We're we're never, we're never doing this again, basically. And the first day I went in on my own. I went in, I remember I was doing lap pull downs and I walked in and like we went to this small gym that was right by my dad's house. It was like an honor code, so it was really small. It was like a tennis, a racket club or something. And I went in there and I grabbed the lap pull down thing and I just like had no idea what I was doing and there were all these guys around and one of the older men actually came up to me and was like just so you know this is how you do it and I did that I did one other thing and I just got so nervous that I literally just walked out and I, I did like two movements and I just left and so I went home and I was like okay well that was rough um, I never want to do that again So what I did was I was like, I'm going to go again tomorrow, but this time I'm going to look up like a really easy, short workout before I go so I can walk in acting like I know what I'm doing. And I basically found this like 30 minute booty day off of Google that was like body weight, hip thrusts, dumbbell squats, like super, super easy wall sits, stuff like that. And I did that and I left and I was like, I just lifted and I felt confident. And then that's what I did. I found a leg day. I found a chest day. I found a back day. I found arms. And I just looked up like 30 minute workouts for the first, like, probably two weeks or so. And then after that, I just kind of built on it, if that makes sense.
0: You needed some place to get started. And it sounds like you didn't really have anyone to help you at that early on point. And you had to kind of navigate that yourself. Yeah. It sounds like you may or may not have been in the best gym environment for someone starting out.
1: Yeah. It was nice because it was smaller. And like, if it wasn't busy, there weren't a lot of people there, but I do know from like, after I graduated, that's a stupid word to use after (laughs) I left that gym and then moved on to, I went to lifetime fitness and I went to crunch. I belonged to crunch first, but I also went to lifetime as a guest sometimes. And that was when I started to actually become really close with the trainers that worked there and the coaches that worked there and just the employees that worked there. And I began like when I was 16 years old, I just like met, I just talked to everybody. And so I was able to meet like all of these workers, all these trainers and all these coaches, and then all of these people who are older than me, but much more experienced with lifting. And I basically just learned from all of these people when I was younger and that started at Crunch. And then I actually worked at Lifetime Fitness And um, that's, again, I worked there so I could have a free membership because it was too expensive for me because I was 16. And um, I met like all of them. I still talk to some of those coaches actually today. Um, But yeah, just talking to everybody and then meeting people helped me to feel more secure in that environment and also build a love that was more than just the gym, but also kind of like a community of like these people like lifting. I like lifting. This is a place I can go around people who are like me while also working out, which is something that I love.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's amazing how having those connections can not only help you learn more about fitness and what works for you and what doesn't work for you, but also, like you said, give you that mental benefit of feeling more secure in the environment that you're at. Because while the gym shouldn't be an intimidating place for people, it more than, uh, more often than not, is because people, you know, they're not familiar with others at the gym. They're not familiar with the style or the setup, or maybe they're new and they're not sure what they're doing in the gym and just trying to figure it out. There's a lot of different factors that I feel go into someone's like overall mentality and how they feel mentally when they're in a gym or fitness facility.
1: Yeah. And to kind of add on that, I kind of feel like a lot of people, don't want to start lifting weights because they don't look like they lift weights. And I think that that's this really powerful misconception that holds a lot of people back because they go into the gym and they're like, well, I don't look like these people. And I need, and like, I'm intimidated by that. But if you think about it, if everyone had that mindset and it stuck with them, then no one would look the way that they did so that's the one the way that people do essentially but that's one thing that i wish more people would think about too because it is intimidating to walk in a gym where like it's surrounded by people who are extremely confident like that's the gym is some is some people's like safe haven essentially and that's when they can actually feel like themselves so it is intimidating to be around that energy but You go into the gym to better yourself and you go into the gym to better you physically and mentally. And every single person in the gym started exactly where you are, no matter where you are at. There's someone in your exact same shoes or who has been in your exact same shoes. And that's something that I wish more people would think about too, because if you don't have that growth mindset, as in one day I will get to point B or whatever, it's going to be impossible to continue
0: you bring up a great point that everyone starts somewhere and for some people, maybe they start as the little person in the gym. That Mm -hmm. was me. You know, when I started working out, I was 130 pounds at five foot 11, like you turned sideways and you couldn't see me. And now I'm five foot 11 and 190 pounds. So it's amazing how, you know, that constant betterment and self-improvement and like you said, dedication to yourself can really have a positive impact on your life inside and outside of the gym. But there's other people who started at a different point. Maybe instead of starting at 130 pounds, maybe they started going to the gym at 330 pounds. And that journey is going to look a lot different than what mine looked like. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean one of us has the right journey or the wrong journey. Everyone's journey is unique and individual to them. And as a result, we need to find ways to better support and motivate and encourage people, regardless of what path they're on in life or what road they're on. And we have to remind them that their progress is not always linear. I'm sure when you were going to the gym, you didn't have a constant marathon of, you know, uphill, 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 constantly getting better.
1: That is, I don't know if you can agree with this, but my, I started lifting not for physical benefits. Like I didn't start lifting because I wanted to be jacked or I wanted to be strong or I wanted to lose weight. I started lifting because of the fact that it was an exercise and I liked the outlet. And then once I started realizing the physical effects and seeing myself get stronger, that is when I became addicted. And um, I think that the combination of the two is like when you're set. Um, But for you, did you ever get intimidated? How did you kind of get over that? And then how long have you been lifting?
0: I like this. This is like reverse. Now I'm getting interviewed. This is great.
1: (laughs) This doesn't usually
0: happen. I'm here for it though. Um, I started lifting when I was like 13, 14 years old. Um, So I was Mm -hmm. playing soccer at the time as well. Uh, I was commonly referred to as a foot fairy. I hated the nickname, But I was the one of the only kids in my school that played soccer, I had to travel for it. And in high school, I played soccer at a different school, we had a partnership because our school didn't have enough people for a soccer team. So Mm -hmm. I'm the one kid in my school that plays soccer. And like I said, I'm tall, I'm thin, there's like no meat on the bone, so to speak. Um, And I was just kind of getting sick and tired of that. So I started working out and kind of doing what I could. Um, looking back, the workouts were pretty much dog crap, but, um, we'll save that for a later time, but it gave me a start. And I noticed that as I continued to do it, I kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And as I got stronger, people started to take notice. Like there was one time in this like ninth or 10th grade class. I, I think it was like a computer class or something like that. The guy next to me looks over and he's like, dude, what do you do for your triceps? And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? Like, I, I haven't noticed that. Um, that's awesome. but that's the kind of stuff that kind of kept me going was like, someone started to notice I'm like, Hey, maybe this is working. Maybe I need to like yeah. put more into this. Like maybe this is giving me what I want out of it. Like I was just tired of being the skinny guy, you know? And I kept up with it, kept up with it, uh, played football my senior year. And that kind of pushed me into lifting more. And then um, my first day in college, literally day one, freshman orientation, all that sort of thing. uh, One of the guys that lived right next to me, we ended up being roommates just this last year. um, He looked at me and he goes, same thing, dude, your triceps. What do you do for your triceps? Like we got to work out together. And it's just amazing how you go from, you know, not really having what you want or having nothing in a way to getting everything that you wanted through a process of hard work, dedication, and self-improvement. But you have to remember that didn't happen overnight for me or for you or for anyone. It takes a lot of time, hard work, and sweat equity. It's one of the few things in life that is still a delayed gratification process, meaning yeah. you, you put in the work today, but you don't see the results for weeks or months or sometimes even years afterwards.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That is one, like, you'll probably hear it before you actually see it yourself. And mm-hmm. that's something that I've kind of noticed, because you're your hardest critic, and you look at you look at yourself every single day. So it's hard to notice those changes. But I actually had one person that is in one of my, my Facebook group on Facebook. And she started working out and trying to lose weight in around December. And she went around two or three months and she didn't feel like she made any progress and she was literally on the verge of like giving up and then somebody sent her a picture from like six months before she started working out and she was able to com- she compared two pictures and she like noticed at that point how much progress she has made and it was that that kind of motivated her to be like wait this is working I do want to keep doing this and I do want to keep pushing through my hardships that I sometimes get when I'm lacking motivation. And that I think is like a really inspiring story because a lot of us do not notice our progress. We do not at all. And so sometimes when we hear it from someone else or kind of just trust the freaking process, it can give us that extra push to keep going and trusting the process and knowing that we are changing. We just don't see it because we are our biggest critics.
0: I like to tie things to numbers too because sometimes people can see stuff but sometimes it takes a little bit longer and they need a more objective measure. So exactly. I'll have clients do like belt sizes or tape measure around your arms, your thighs, whatever it is. And I had one guy uh, that I trained when I was in college, he dropped two belt sizes in like six weeks. And yeah. he didn't look a whole lot different to you know his own eye, but he felt a lot better. And he Mm -hmm. could see that he didn't need, you know, the same size pants and the same size belt and all that stuff anymore. So sometimes you have to kind of find other ways to tie the progress to a number instead of just what you see.
1: Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're dealing with lifting weights and you're doing it right, the scale is not going to drop a ton. And you're not going to notice it as much, but the close thing is going to be the, one of the biggest factors of you are making progress.
0: Now, as we're talking about measures of progress and gym journey and that sort of thing, I can't help but wonder, has there been anything along your own journey that when you see it just kind of rubs you the wrong way or when someone does something in the gym Does it kind of like set you off a little bit like a pet peeve almost, or is there anything that you ever get on social media that when you see it or someone mentions it, you're just like, nope, we're shutting this down.
1: I'm going to take this two directions. (laughs) The first direction is fitness is the most controversial industry like out there. and everybody is going to have an idea of what's right and what's best and they're going to swear on it and that's wrong and what you are doing is incorrect and I'm better than you because I know I'm right and you're wrong that is my biggest pet peeve when it comes to lifting because of the fact there are so many different ways to do movements a lot of them aren't wrong they may not stretch your lats as much as a different workout will or they aren't targeting the exact same muscle group as that grip most commonly targets, but it's so controversial. And so many people have these fixed mindsets of like, if you're not doing it this exact way, you are wrong. When in reality, no, it has to do with your mobility, your hip mobility, your ankle mobility. Some people can't bend the same way as you. So they have to modify that workout so that it can fit them. And also, and there's, and then when it comes to supplements and stuff, people swear by creatine. Some people don't like creatine. Some people swear by BCAAs. Some people don't believe that they do anything. Like it's so controversial. And I just think that it's open minds. You need to have an open mind. If someone, as long as someone isn't going to hurt themselves, they're probably doing something. Okay. Like they're doing something, maybe they're not doing it perfect, but they're still working their back and give them, give them a, give them a round of applause for doing something like they're there. And I think that judgment and that fixed mindset about how controversial the fitness industry is, is one of the reasons why so many people are intimidated. Like you can't do anything right. And that, that's like everybody, all these fitness influencers are like, and all these people who are into fitness and these fitness gurus are like, don't be intimidated, come to the gym. Like I was there too, but then everyone's so quick to judge. Like it, it, it contradicts each other. Like that, that's obviously you can tell by how excited I'm getting by this.
0: Oh but yeah.
1: that's my biggest <laughs> Like, yeah, be open-minded. Give someone a round of applause for being in the gym. If they are going to hurt themselves, that is a different story, but be happy for people that they're in the gym working and they're having a good time doing it and understand that it's so controversial and there's not really a right or wrong way to do anything.
0: I'll give a shout out to uh, Eric Diagotti. We had him on the podcast back in early January and he trains like professional athletes and D1 bound college athletes, that sort of thing. And he said that too often online, we see people arguing over sand in the jar of life and not the rocks in the jar of life as it relates to fitness. So we'll argue over how wide our grip should be on a lat pull down. We argue over if you should do pull-ups or chin-ups for bicep development. And we argue over if it's better to do hanging knee raises or hanging leg raises. When in reality, the difference is minuscule at best And we should be just focused on getting people in the gym because in case you haven't noticed America has this problem where we're getting uh, less and less healthy. Our fitness is trending downwards and our heart disease numbers, our cancer numbers, everything is just going to the toilet for lack of a better way to put it. And we're not doing anything about it. So instead of arguing over pointless little things, why not just try to get people moving and get people active and get people fit? We can have the discussions about the other stuff later on, but right now we have to hit the rocks, the big things in life before we hit the sand. And I'll give another example of that. We take something like a single leg RDL. That exercise can be used for 30 different things. Yeah, it's a great way to strengthen your glutes. It could also be a great way to strengthen your hamstrings. It's a great balance movement. It's a great way to teach someone how to hinge their hips. Do I care if the form is identical for all those things? Probably not. If I'm using a single leg RDL for a athlete who's rehabbing like an ankle sprain and I'm working on balance with them, then I don't really care if they round their back a little bit. We're not loading it heavy. We're just moving through the pattern on one leg. And if their spine isn't healthy enough at 20, 30, even 35 years old to undergo a little bit of rounding and flexion without load, then I have bigger things, bigger fish to fry than just, you know, perfecting form on a movement from the start.
1: Exactly. And a lot of people can't do perfect form right off the bat because they don't have the stability or the mobility or the strength to do it correctly or the muscle to mind connection. Those things take time. So yeah, I could go on about this forever, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, but that's and my
1: biggest like broad pet peeve for sure.
0: And I think in general too, like you look at someone when they start squatting, like their overall movement pattern, how deep they go, how heavy they go is a lot different after they've done a year of squats compared to day one of doing a barbell squat.
1: Yeah. And it also depends on like your, your, how long your bones are in your legs. Like some people have way longer legs, like longer legs than they do torsos or like just long legs in general. And their squat isn't going to look like someone who's deemed proportional according to society. So it's just, it's like, and no one is ever going to know everything. So just, I just don't think anyone, I don't feel like I should act like I know everything because I won't ever know everything. You know what I mean? Well, and I just think that if people are more open-minded, it would just be a happier place and more people would like to lift weights because they wouldn't be as <laughs> There's
0: not one right or wrong answer every single time. Exactly. A lot of people get lost in this like research and I, I call them PubMed rangers for lack of a better way to put it. They, you know, they type in some stuff online and they pull up a few research articles and that's all they talk about. And I've been guilty of it in the past. I like to cite things when I make a point or a post. So it shows that I've looked into it. But I also think experience has a lot to do with what works and what doesn't work. I think if you can cite experience, then you have a leg up over someone who doesn't just looking at experience. Like there's been exercises that according to research should activate the glutes, you know, exponentially more than others. And yet when I give people those exercises, they don't feel them in their glutes. They feel them in their quads. And when I give them the fifth or sixth or even seventh exercise down the list of best glute exercises, according to research. They feel that one in their glutes. So, Mm -hmm. why is it that the best one didn't work for them, but the fifth or sixth best one did? You know, I wanna give someone the best exercise for them, and the best exercise for them may or may not be the best exercise for that specific goal or whatever it is we're training. But at the end of the day, the one that they can do is more likely than not gonna give them more results than the one that they can't do or the one that they can do, but they're doing incorrectly and not getting what I want them to get out of it.
1: That is a really good point to add on there as well. And something that I've seen a lot with my clients as well. And on top of that too.
0: And it seems like in general, you do a lot of different things, Ashley, from, you know, your love of fitness and what you've been doing in college. I think you said you're close to graduating now. It seems like you're always very busy.
1: Yes, I am very busy um, and I just got a puppy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now you're always busy,
1: always busy, but I'm major- the majority of the time I work from home. So yep. it's not that big of a deal. The only biggest issue with him is like he wakes me up earlier, which is good. I, I actually <sighs> like being up earlier, but I I just want to cuddle him all day. You know, <laughs> So that's the hard part because I'm like, actually, you're busy. He's sleeping you can do your work, but I'm just like, I want to cuddle with them. You know what I mean?
0: So that's the hardest thing
1: about him right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And he's absolutely adorable. You had him on a little bit ago. How are you able to stay motivated and just overall stay balanced with all the different things that you have going on with life and now the constant urge to cuddle your new puppy Rogue?
1: (laughs) Um, okay. Well, this is something that, this is a loaded question as well. Um, but I would say so. When I was in high school, I wasn't motivated. Like I played sports, but I would play sports at the practice and at the game. I wouldn't like go home and play sports. I'd go home and like I would draw a lot. I was always doing things, but I never really did cared about school that much. I didn't really have anything motivating me to do anything elsewhere. I would just, I'd, I'd read sometimes or I'd draw all the time and I worked out, but I was pretty lazy when it came to school or work. Um, I liked, do you know what I mean? I was just a lazy person who didn't really feel like I was smart, didn't really feel like I was special. Um, I was a totally different person in high school, honestly. And um, then I read this book called The Power of Habit. And essentially that book is about changing habits. And that book has changed my entire life. And it wasn't until more recently when I read the book called the 5am club. And obviously the power of habit helped me grow over the last like four years or whatever. But after I read the 5am club, I learned how to keep habits. So my, my perception on these two books is the power of habit helps you to initiate habits or stop bad habits. And then the, 5am club helps you to keep habits because it's not that hard to develop a new habit for a month or so, but it's when you actually get to keeping those habits that become an issue. So for me, I've also learned that with balance, it looks different for everyone. I, if I don't go out or do something with my friends or have some sort of fun, at least one day of a week, I will burn out. So I know that one day of a week has to be 110% for me. I also really like talking to people, whether that be a FaceTime or a phone call or just coffee for 30 minutes one day. Um, And then when it comes to staying motivated, um, are you familiar with a keystone habit?
0: Heard of the term before, I believe.
1: So a keystone habit is basically something you do every day that almost creates a domino effect of other progressive habits so lifting out is lifting excuse me working out is a great example because let's say you start working out three times a week then it progresses to four then it progresses to five then you start caring more about what you eat Then you start eating better. You start looking better. You gain more confidence. Now you want to have a cleaner room. Now you want to have a cleaner car. Now you're getting more out there and you have more friends and you're meeting more people and you have a better relationship with people because you're more happy with yourself. That's a keystone habit. My keystone habit is the gym. And I know that if I don't go to the gym on days when I want to go, of course, when I'm not resting, I know that if I don't go to the gym, I'm not going to have as good of a day. I'm not going to want to do this. 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 So staying motivated for me is looking at the gym as a cornerstone and essentially a keystone habit for me to like have the rest of my day. Also in the 5am club, it talks about once you go 60, I think it's 66 days doing a habit consistently, it becomes harder to let the habit go than it does to do the habit. So essentially if you go 66 days doing something, it'll be harder not to do it than it will be to do it. And I've gotten to that point with lifting and some other habits since I've learned about that book. So that's kind of what's helped me stay motivated. Um, And with finding my personal balance, I think it takes a lot of time for people to find the balance that works for them. And then you have to develop a love for what it is you're doing. You can't develop a love for the end goal. Like if your goal is I'm going to start working out to get shredded, you can't, you can't fall in love with the shredded part. That's not going to work. You're never going to get there. I promise you you are going to get shredded and you're not going to be shredded enough. But if you fall in love with the process the actual lifting the getting better the watching your clothes fit differently the watching the new shadows pop out all those little wins then you're going to develop a habit that's not going to go away and you're going to love every second of it and that's how i like to look at motivation and balance told you it was loaded it was a very loaded
0: question <laughs> well you you said it perfectly you know you have to fall in love with the process of getting better and not the end goal or end result Uh, I also think it's helpful to have someone to keep you accountable. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you have an accountability person or accountability partner, someone you check in with regularly, um, I like to have clients write down goals, make steps to achieve those goals, and Mm -hmm. then send them to me or send them to a friend, send them to a family member, send them to someone. And then every week check in with whoever your person is, you know, everyone needs a person—a little bit of Grey's Anatomy kind of thing here, right? Um, find your person, and then send them that list. Send them what you're going to do and how you're going to do it, and check in with them every week. Say, "Hey, here's how I'm doing. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. I made it to the gym three days this week. Hey, I made it four days this week. Hey, you know, I didn't eat out today. I cooked dinner for a change. You know, start tracking that, and that that person, if they're a good person. Not all people are good, we'll get to that in a second. They will help you, they will support you, they will motivate you to keep going. But not everyone in life is out there to be your friend, unfortunately. There are some people who, when you start to succeed, your success becomes like a spotlight that kind of shines down on their own missed opportunities. They feel insecure and insufficient in their own endeavors. Because maybe they tried the same thing that you're doing and they came up short and they failed and failure ends up being what stood for them and they didn't go back to it. They didn't revisit it. They didn't try it again. They just stopped. And now they see someone doing what they couldn't do and it makes them feel insecure and insufficient. So if you do run into people who are naysayers, for lack of a better way to put it, don't get discouraged or lose sight of your own journey just because someone else doesn't support what you're doing. At the end of the day, it is your journey. And just because someone else doesn't like what you're doing, doesn't necessarily mean you should give up on what your end goal is.
1: Kind of going off of that, I read a book. I've I've read a lot of books.
0: I can But I read a
1: book called um, The War of Art, I believe what it's called. And it talks of resistance, which is also fear. So kind of exactly what you said if you have something that you're trying to do in the book he talks a lot about writing a book he's an author and he has struggles a lot with procrastination and he says procrastination for in simple terms is a literally resistance like you don't want to do this because you're it's resistance and one of the things that it talks about is when you overcome when you begin to overcome resistance and you start to do that thing that you're not doing or that dream that you're not following other people who are still blinded by resistance get this weird feeling and they don't really know what it is but for some reason they're unhappy about it it's because they haven't even uncovered the resistance that they have yet um I think that goes for some people not all people I don't really like to put everyone in categories um but I do think one thing that is kind of important and tell me your thoughts on this as well but I think there's a difference between envy and jealousy and I think that If you're jealous of someone, okay, I'm trying to put this into terms that will make sense. I think that you need to separate the two. And I can't remember which one makes more sense, jealousy or envy. But you should decide if you're envious of this person because you don't have it. And if you don't have it, then figure out how to get it. But if you're jealous because you resent them for something, that's a different story. But if you're envious, then try your best. That means that that's like that's resistance telling you to go try to do that thing. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And I think envious is when you want something that someone else has, like it's you want it. And I I personally look at jealousy more of like the underlying emotions connected to it, like anger or resentment or Mm -hmm. feeling helpless. Um, And I'm not necessarily a expert in those things, but that's just kind of how I approach that kind of jealousy versus envy kind of uh yeah. debate there
1: I just remember somebody like ran a marathon once and I was like I was like really jealous of that person and I was like why am I jealous of this person that <laughs> ran a marathon? like or when I was younger too like same thing with lifting like I saw all these girls lifting and I was like really jealous of them and I was like why am I jealous I'm not even doing the work like they're doing the work why am I jealous and then it kind of like clicked for me and I was like wait why don't i do the work. And so that's something that i've kind of tried to live by like if it's something that i'm jealousy jealous of that i can achieve then why not do it? Because there might be a reason why i feel this certain way and maybe it's telling me do go do that thing. Instead of like resenting someone for it. Like they're working hard for it. They deserve whatever it is that they have. But why don't i do it and see what happens when i try it myself? I don't know if that comes off like I hope that comes off the way that I hope it comes off, if that makes sense. It you, comes off the right
0: way to me that? anyways.
1: Okay, good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's say you're along your journey and kind of like you just mentioned, you realize you have to put in the time, put in the work, put in the effort in order to get those results that you want. What happens when you start to go down that road? and you run into the obstacle, maybe you have a bad workout, or you didn't sleep as much as you wanted to, or you were out late, or whatever it ends up being. What happens when you start running into those bad workouts, or didn't make it to the gym, or just overall things don't start going according to plan?
1: So this is when the struggle of finding the difference between balance and self-discipline comes into play. Because sometimes if you have a bad workout, it is because your body is tired and it's telling you to rest or you're not eating enough or you're not getting enough sleep or you're super stressed. And that means that you should take a rest day. And for some people, it's really hard to take rest days. And that that's when sometimes. And then again, like if it's a Saturday and normally you work out on Saturdays and that Saturday, you don't want to go because you got invited to go have mimosas with your friends for lunch. That's balance and you shouldn't feel guilty for that. However, there is a difference. There is a line there when it comes to self-discipline as well. Like if, for example, I'll use me as an example. Um, My birthday was March 16th and then it was the day before St. Patrick's Day. So my birthday, St. Patrick's Day, Wednesday and Thursday so obviously I went out on Wednesday night and then I went out on Thursday and then I was really tired on Friday it was Saturday and then it was Sunday and Sunday morning came around I didn't do anything like over the weekend but um I didn't work out or anything And then Sunday came around and I was like I do not want to go to the gym I want to sit on this couch and I want to watch tv all day long and that is kind of when I was like no you should go you had four days off and you partied let's get back into the gym. So you can like get back to your self-discipline. And that's when I think it's important when, you know, like, I want to get myself back in this habit and I don't want to fall off these rails. And that's when it's really, really important to make sure that you do go do the thing. Because one, another thing, speaking of the five of ha- the power of habit, no, I'm excuse me, the 5am club, one of the most important quotes that it that is in that book, in my opinion, is when it says, when you most feel like not doing it is when you must continue. And the reason behind that is because when you don't want to do something that bad and you get yourself to do it, you're literally exercising like a self-discipline muscle in your brain. And that's how you're able to overcome the lack of motivation moving forward. And think about it in the sense of like, if like the people who are in the Marines, the people who are in the army, like they have to go through awful stuff so that they can go out and actually deal with that in the real world, too, or their, their real, their reality, essentially, and they have to fight that self discipline muscle every single day to get to that point. And that's something that I always think about when I'm not really feeling motivated, because I'm like, I have to exercise this muscle because I want to be able to continue staying motivated, if that makes sense.
0: It does. And I love your analogy uh, with soldiers there. Um, Jocko Willink has a book called Discipline Equals Freedom. And I think it's, you know, as simple as that, right? If you stay disciplined and for lack of a better way to put it, embrace the ability to do hard things over and over and over again, you will become successful
1: in whatever
0: you're doing in the gym, in life, in your career, relationship, whatever it is, embrace the difficult things, take the harder road, take the one that's less traveled. And yeah. I think people forget that the process is supposed to be hard intentionally. Exactly. It's supposed to hurt. It's supposed it. to be painful, right? Mm. Like you're not going to make a diamond without a little bit of pressure, right? Pressure can turn crap into diamonds. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that when it comes to fitness, you're both the marble and the sculptor at the same time. So mm-hmm. you're going to have some of that hurt. You're going to have some of that pain. You're going to have days where you underslept, you're overworked, you're aching, you're straining, you're mentally not in the zone and you have a bad workout. But that's, that's just part of it, like I said. And you, you have to find a way to push forward and succeed. You, know, you have to leave a little bit of blood on the altar in order to get where you want to be.
1: And you don't have to kill yourself in the process, like going if you're really unmotivated one day and you want to just go to the gym to go to the gym and do like a 20 or 30 minute thing just so you went like Mm -hmm. that's something that helps me a lot when I like, for example, over my birthday that Sunday when I said to go, I only went for around 30 minutes, but I still went I had an okay workout. But it was enough to get me to wake up the next day and kind of feel more excited. And after three days, I was like, all right, I'm back in it. And I was fine. And thats it's just the getting started that's hard when you have no motivation. And that's why it's important to like exercise that self-discipline muscle. Because also, I don't know if you know many people who are in the military, but I know a few and even people who, even some people who aren't in it anymore, and they run six miles a day, like it's <laughs> nothing. And I'm like, I, like I've like, i talked to them. They never ran six miles before they st- went into the military. And now they do it like it's nothing. They didn't start like that. It was literally being nailed with all of these obstacles and having to overcome them over and over and over and over again. And now, a six mile jog at four in the morning is relaxing to them.
0: <laughs> exactly. And- <laughs> like that's
1: possible. That's crazy.
0: Well, any obstacle like that you face, any challenge like that, that you put in your life and you overcome becomes part of whatever legend or legacy that you're going to leave the mark and impact that you're going to have on the world, your community, your friends, your family, whatever. You know, we think about like, I'll I'll use an example like Hercules, right? You hear the name Hercules and everyone thinks like either the Disney cartoon or whatever. But Hercules is not a legend if he doesn't face any hydras or monsters or anything like that.
1: You're Mm -hmm. only going
0: to be as great as your circumstances demand. And if you don't put high demand on yourself, you're not going to be a high performing achiever. But if you put that demand there and you conquer it, then guess what? You're going to be that high achieving person, that person who has achieved that higher state, higher status, crushing your goals, achieving whatever it is that you set out to do.
1: Exactly. And just because you don't feel like you're that now doesn't mean that you can't be, but you have to believe that you can change in order to change. And then you have to put in the work in order to initiate it.
0: Right. You have to control your mindset. And
1: growth mindset, baby.
0: And I think that a lot of that ties into um, finding ways to cut out complaining. Um, There was a time where I tried to do a 75 day no complaining challenge where, you know, if I didn't like something, then I wouldn't just complain about it. I would say, well, I don't like it, but here's what I'm going to do about it to fix it, to make it better, to whatever. And let me tell you, if you can find ways to cut out that negativity from your life, oh my goodness, does it make a difference?
1: Yeah, it's energy. I mean, I think that I think that way anyway. Like, I think what energy you have internally is going to like radiate around you. That sounds like a really hard challenge, by the way. I might give it a shot, but <laughs> good for you for that because that sounds really hard, especially.
0: And yeah. like, I'm not. Perfect by any means. There's some days where I complain a little bit, and you know that that happens, but finding ways to reframe that complaining of wow, the weather sucks to well, you know, it's raining outside and it's cold, so I'm going to do this, or but yeah. I'm going to do that like mm-hmm. throwing in action, throwing in things that you can control. And instead of it being just a constant groan, it's a, here's what I can do. Here's actionable things that I can do, even though the situation is not what I want it to be. Exactly. Well, Ashley, so far, I'd say this has been almost therapeutic in a way. Should we schedule (laughs) more calls like this, like same time next week here?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Do you have anything else that you want to share with those listening into the uh, podcast episode today?
1: I think that it would just be to have an open mind about everything and um, don't ever think that you can't ever be a certain way or do a certain thing because you are capable of anything and you are the last person who should put limitations on yourself.
0: For sure. Can't echo that anymore. What would be a good way for people to stay in touch with you or find out more about you?
1: My Instagram and my TikTok are ashmartin12 and then Facebook. I don't really know how Facebook works, but it's Ashley Martin.
0: (laughs) That makes two of us.
1: Yeah, but it's in my link trees. So if you like go to my Instagram or whatever, it'll be on my link tree. But yeah, you can learn more about me there. DMing me on Instagram is probably your best bet. I look at Facebook Messenger, but I get a decent amount of those. And sometimes I don't look through them in a timely manner. So Instagram would probably be my best bet if you do want to do that. Um, Yeah, but I'm always open to like chats or helping people with anything and then clients. And, um, I also work for this app called check-in and that's like a FaceTime call for 30 minutes. So if you want to check that out, that's in my bio as well.
0: Awesome. We'll link to all of that below. Ashley, it was a pleasure having you on and talking with you all about fitness and mental health and your own fitness journey. Really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, of course. It was so good meeting you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend, subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, and leave a review. This way we can spread knowledge and motivation and help reach more people. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.